Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 29th. Let others feel your support in their worthwhile undertakings. Even if they do something of which you don't approve, let them feel your support for what they are. In the book I wrote about Swami Kriyananda, which is called Swami Kriyananda as we have known him, there's a story that relates precisely to this. There was a a man in the community who had a deep desire to follow a certain course of action and it was not going to work out in his best interest. And I knew about it and I knew he was going up to talk to Swamiji about it. I called Swami to just sort of give him a heads up, you know, that this, this issue was heading in his direction and he appreciated it. And so uh, he had a conversation with the man and the man explained, you know, what he wanted to do and why he wanted to do it. And Swamiji knew it wasn't. It was going to be a, a a difficult karma that would not end the way the man had hoped it would end. Um, but it was clear that the man was completely set on doing it. And there's a, a an attitude that Swami Kriyananda had with all of us over the many years that I knew him, which is the most important thing to Swamiji was that we knew that he was our friend. Because, of course, in the relationship of a spiritual teacher, which is his relationship to us, it's a long, it's a long cycle. It's not like it's just one incarnation. It's like, you know, he, he's there and he helps us to understand what's right and we just do what's right. And then in one incarnation, all our karma is finished and we're God realized. This is a relationship that has been building over many lifetimes. And it's a, it's a project that's going to take us many lifetimes to complete. Now, most of us in relationship to the people around us are not in a, any kind of a guru role. We're just friends. But friendship is also a very long relationship, and it's a relationship over many incarnations. I'm sure all of you have had the experiences that I've had where you just meet someone and you're, you're just already friends. That's what's called love at first sight when you talk about romance. And I don't just mean lust at first sight. I mean actual, real, lasting, lifelong love. Sometimes it happens immediately, either in a romantic sense or just in friendship. You just meet someone and you just know, this is a real friend of mine. Um, that's, often, that's often the actual explanation of the way parents love their children. There is something biological and compelling there, but it's also old friends coming together again and being so happy to see each other. Now, if we think of friendships as lasting over many incarnations, or even just in one lifetime, you don't need reincarnation to make this work. There's lots of, there's a lot of ups and downs in the course of a lifetime. And so we want to be really careful that no thing separates us from one another. I'm reminded in this context of a story that I've mentioned before, but it's exactly apt here. Swami Kriyananda's parents, Ray and Gertrude Walters, were married for 60 years. They had an unusually close and harmonious relationship. Swamiji said he never knew them in, his, in their entire lives, in his entire life with them, 
to ever actually even exchange a cross word with each other. It went to speak of an argument. They just didn't. They didn't have arguments, and and it wasn't. And, and I knew them. I actually I lived with them for oh, about six weeks at one point toward the end of their lives. I helped take care of them, and I also knew them in other contexts. It wasn't what you might think that one or the other of them was completely suppressed, and therefore there was harmony because there was only one person in the relationship. <laughs> Especially considering their generation, they were quite egalitarian. I mean, even their their meeting was unusual. They were both from Oklahoma, but she was a very gifted musician, Gertrude, and she had moved to Paris to study the violin, which is not the kind of thing a woman of her generation did. I mean, Swami died in 20... Swami was born in 1926, so that gives you an idea of what... you know They must have been born around 1900. And she went to Paris on her own, and uh, Ray Walters was an oil geologist, and he was sort of in the frontier of that whole industry. And he was working in, um, I'm not sure what country he was working, but he was on holiday in France. He might have been working in Romania. He probably was. And he was on holiday in France, and they met in Paris. How romantic. It was absolutely perfect. But the end point was that they had a very very balanced and wholesome relationship and completely harmonious. Long introduction. When people would ask Ray, his friends, because it was notable even in their circle how well they got along, what's the secret of your happy marriage? And Ray said, "Uh, when we got married, I said to Gertrude, Gertrude, I'm the man of the household and I'm going to make all the important decisions. And then Ray would always say with a smile, and since we decided to get married, there just haven't been any other important decisions to make. And that was really the truth of it. It's just getting along, loving each other, being harmonious and supportive was simply the most important thing. You know, the details of who wants to do what. And when I lived with them, I watched. They were very independent-minded, and he would make a suggestion, and she would ignore it and do what she wanted to do, and he would cheerfully never mention it again, and vice versa. They just lived their lives, but the most important thing was getting along. So Swamiji, even in a far expanded sense from that, knew that the single most important thing was to preserve what, what I would call preserve the relationship with each of us. Because we were, going to, we were going to rebel against his advice, we were going to rebel against our own higher intentions, we were going to fail in our aspirations, we were going to have periods of extremely rough karma. All of this was going to happen. Inevitably it was going to happen. But if we could keep our trust in Swamiji as a friend, above all as a friend, then no matter what happened, if that tie, if that connection were, were, was in place, he could continue to um, inspire and influence us toward the light. And, and as I was saying, that's true in all our friendships. If, when we let small things divide us and make, make us feel like I'm not loved anymore because I didn't take your advice, I'm not loved anymore because... I didn't have the strength to resist a certain addiction that I had. I'm not loved anymore because you wanted me to go with you on this trip and I chose chose to go with someone else in another direction. If we allow any other decision to seem more important than the fact that we love each other. But it's also, we can't be doormats for each other and we can't be insincere. So Swami has this, you know, support your friends in their worthwhile endeavors And if they're doing something that you know is folly, you don't have to turn your back on them because they're not taking your advice. In fact, even more so, and Swami taught us all this over years, 
And when, when he himself, when Ananda was, uh, when he was attacked, and he was accused of being a nefarious cult leader who had abused his position in every way that you could imagine such a person would, and these just accusations were just hurled against him with all this seeming evidence, and people who were not secure in their own perception of who he was got all tangled up in these accusations, and they were, it was all very well done. The attorneys who were propagating this exceedingly nefarious and false lawsuit did it very skillfully. And people don't realize that when a declaration accusing somebody of something is written, it's not written by the person who signs it. It's written by the attorney to accomplish a certain goal. In this case, um, any papers that are filed in a lawsuit are, are not subject to the libel laws. So as long as it's in a lawsuit and it says alleged, you can say anything you want and they can publish it in the paper. And with a spiritual teacher, all you have to do is accuse. This was 1994. Already things were getting pretty tough. Now it's much worse. But all you had to do was accuse. And then you could begin to tear a spiritual teacher down. So that's what happened to us. It was an, it was an amazing adventure. And many people began to suddenly, you know, act as if Swamiji had always been their foe. It's very complicated. But Swamiji's, Swami took it as, he didn't take it defensively. He just took it as what I, I guess I would call it a teaching moment. First thing he said was, you know, have I ever abandoned any of you because of any mistakes that you have made? He didn't even say it. He just said, what is your experience of me? But then he put it like this. He said, let's see. If these accusations are untrue, he said, I have always been your friend. It would be appropriate for you to stand by me as a friend in the face of these false accusations. On the other hand, if these accusations are actually true, it means that I am in a great deal of trouble. This is what Swamiji said. I am in a great deal of trouble. He said, and as a true friend, it would behoove you to stand by me and help me through this. And it was just like, oh yeah, that's a whole different way to look at it, isn't it? Instead of, you aren't what I thought you were, you know, fie on you, I'm out of here. And, you know, Swamiji had, and he just said, you know, how, how, I've been loyal to all of you during incredible ups and downs of our lives. It never crossed his mind to abandon us. And in fact, as I was saying earlier, he, he was steadfast in his loyalty to us. And it was in just this way. It wasn't that he endorsed everything we did, but whatever we were doing, and in many ways, the more foolish, the more he would stand by us as friends because we were in trouble and we needed his help. And in this particular instance that I was talking about when this man went to talk to Swami and presented this whole plan, which Swamiji perceived accurately did not work out all that well, but, but the man was so committed to it and so sure it was all going to just be just what he wanted that there was no place for Swami to contradict him because Swamiji was also skillful enough to know that he, he in, in theory, he might have had sufficient authority to be able to assert a contrary point of view, but he was also brilliant as a leader and as a spiritual leader. If a spiritual leader, if somebody says, this is what I feel to do, Teacher says, no, you mustn't do that. And then out of obedience or fear or whatever, you say, all right, 
But you're not, it's not your own thought at that point. Your own thought is that this is what I want to do and this is why I want to do it. But if my, if my own energy is thwarted, um, now it's possible that later the person will come back and say, thank God you really spared me a lot of trouble. But more often, it just goes underground. And then resentment builds, distrust builds, lack of faith builds, energy gets suppressed. See, suppression is when I really wanted to do it and I thought it was going to be good, but I didn't get to. Transcendence is when, oh, that looked like a good idea, but I can see that it really wasn't. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to have to go there again. And sometimes on the spiritual path, people suppress so deeply they think they've transcended. But a part of them, and, and the, the phrase I use is, they still believe that there would be some happiness from that experience. And, and what tells us the limitations of happiness from any experience except God-realization is to experience it. And in the course of my life, I've seen that. I've had many experiences that I didn't stay with, but because I had them and I committed myself to it completely and went into it as deeply as I could, it wasn't that all those things even disappointed or blew up or didn't work out fine. They worked out fine. And at the end of it, I could say, well, that's good, but not good enough. And that's when, that's when you can really just put it aside. Because you don't hate it, you don't fear it, you're not trying to convince yourself that it's evil. It just is what it is. And it's fine, but it's not God-realization. And that's what makes you free. That's why we have to have all these experiences. So in this case, this man presents his case to Swami. Swami could easily, it wasn't actually that hard, but intuitively tell that nothing will be served by, nothing would be served, Swami knew, by trying to block this man's energy. He was not open to having it be redirected, and nothing would be served by blocking it. No, no long-term good would come from blocking it. So he very carefully, you know, just allowed it to happen, and as the man was leaving, he said something to the effect, um, will you bless me, sir, in this new endeavor? And Swami said, I bless you. I always bless you. And the person walked out saying, Swami approves of what I'm doing. And because I knew more, and I even heard the words, you know, then the person uh, did not hear the words. The person heard that Swami approved of what they wanted to do, which he didn't. But I bless you. I always bless you. And so there was no ripple in the friendship. So it took a little while for the whole karmic cycle to run itself out. And Swami had wanted to spare the man the suffering and the heartache that came, but he couldn't. But he kept the friendship. So when it inevitably collapsed in great tears and disappointment, Swami was just there, just as steady, not a, not a breath of, I told you so, what would be the point? And so that's how we need to work with people. It's very subtle. But it's, it's in every way the way to be a true friend. And also the way to elevate our own consciousness beyond judgment into unconditional love. Let others feel your support in their worthwhile undertakings. Even if they do something of which you don't approve, let them feel your support 
for who they are. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.